welcome to the Talk Film Society podcast. I am your host, Marcelo Pico, editor-in-chief of Talk Film Society. Uh, I'm back to another Talk Film Society podcast episode. Uh, no more numbers. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing an episode 100, at least not now. So if anybody's keeping track, any loyal listeners wondering, hey, what happened after Talk Film Society podcast episode 99? Don't worry about it. Call this a special episode. Uh, it's special because I'm talking South by Southwest 2022. I can't do this alone. I mean, I could just record by yeah. myself for 40 minutes and just just release the audio and, and just have that be an episode. Um, I should do that one of these days, right? I mean, what what's stopping me from just talking to myself just with nobody listening? I mean, it's like, it's like any other podcast I release, like nobody listens. But somebody's going to listen to this, assuredly. Because I have a guest who is well-known. Uh, she is a consultant for Talk Film Society, who somehow, who, who somehow covered the festival for Talk Film Society as press. I don't know how she wrangled that. She's also the, the editor-in-chief Lord. of Film Cred, film-cred.com. It's Sarah Sorrentino. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Marcel. How are you doing? I'm here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. This is the kind of energy I love. Just yeah, yeah, cap- yeah. capture it in, pod- in the podcast medium. That's why people are here. That's why people are yep. here. I am rusty. I haven't podcasted in a while. Um, Sarah, you uh, have been a South by Southwest before, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> Feel free to expound on any answers. Uh, expound expound you know expound on them sarah um let me ask you another question yeah when's the last time you were in person for south by southwest 2019 but i i didn't pay for anything i did all the free stuff 2019 okay now oh before we dive into south by southwest that's what that's we're talking about for the episode 2022 um i always do this every time we talk about a festival uh, for for anybody who's like wondering, hey, what's South by Southwest? Who are these people? Um, why are they talking about these letters and, and, and these four letters this way? South by Southwest, SXSW, um, that's the abbreviation. It's the Austin Film Music Tech Festival that happens every March or usually happens every March in person. Um, and that's, I mean, if, over the course of a week and a half, hundreds seemingly of movies play i don't don't know what the exact number is Uh, who the hell knows um but but yeah people come together people come to austin to watch movies for a week and a half or listen or go watch live music or go to conferences about tech and nfts or whatever nifs or nifs as people like to call them um but sarah and i covered the festival for Talk Film Society. I have published four reviews as of today. I published my fourth one today. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm putting this out. This is going to be part of the coverage. Uh, Sarah, how many reviews have you put out? I've written three-fourths of one. <laughs> three-fourths and of not, one. And not sent it to you. <laughs> I, you know, while eating my McDonald's dinner this evening, I had a thought of what my my other paragraph is going to be about um and i'm pretty excited about it so I, I should have that to you eventually oh thank you why don't we talk about that movie 
Oh, okay. No, so I I, I like saying this. Uh, uh, for those who who, who want to imagine what South by Southwest is, yeah. If you've never been to Austin, um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, imagine going through like an urban landscape of like rushing to a theater across town, and then seeing another movie at another theater across town, uh, uh, spread over like seven theaters, you know, in, in downtown Austin and like South Austin. Uh, and you have to travel by bus. It's kind of a hassle to watch, like any movie spread over all these theaters but hey if you can if you if you're if you can do it right you can watch like up to four movies a day which which i was averaging at one point um and i managed to see 28 movies in total and that counts movies i saw at home online and plus the ones in theaters 28 in total how many did you end up seeing sarah I saw nine. Saw nine movies. That's still impressive. That's very high for me. <laughs> I've been to multiple film festivals and I've never seen that many. Wow, uh, it's it's inspiring. Somebody, when I told somebody that I watched twenty eight, they were like, "Oh, that's a record." And I'm like, "No, I've heard people say they watch like thirty five, forty. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 insane how many you can watch uh, at the festival." Um, mm-hmm. But I watched 28, you watched 9. We're going to talk about some of these. Um, Sarah, why don't we talk about the one uh, that you're trying to review right now? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it just so happens, I wasn't there for the uh, world premiere of this, but I did catch it at a special screening a week later. Um, it's Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes. Okay. And it's opening at it, it, it's opening uh, nationwide next week. Uh, it's opening in select cities on the 25th. I'm not sure when this episode's coming out. Maybe it's coming out. Like, and it's opening in IMAX. Yeah, on the 30th of March. Breaking I news. Believe. Yes, breaking news. Um, so you were there at the world premiere. Uh, yes, I was. I mean, uh, so here we go. We're, we won't dive into spoilers. <laughs> we won't dive into spoilers, yeah. okay? I want you to tell me just the basics of this movie, Sarah. Uh, okay. Your, your feelings, how that how that screening go, because it was the opening night screening. Uh, tell me about Everything Everywhere all at once. Um, it was my favorite premiere at South by Southwest. And I've gone to multiple South by Southwest and multiple premieres at South by Southwest. Like name, opening night premieres. Name some of the other ones you attended. Um, I don't know if all of these are opening night ones, but I'm just thinking about the ones I went to at Paramount. Keanu, uh, Sausage Party, The Disaster Artist. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, ba- uh, Baby Driver. Uh, uh, so, you know, not to, not to, mad, not to badmouth those movies, but mm. everything everywhere is a lot better than all those movies. All, of, uh, all those movies <laughs> combined. combined. Yeah. <laughs> Is a hundred percent. It's probably. I'm. I'm impressed that South by Southwest got it. You remember when we used to go to South by Southwest and they talk about like the the secret movie? There's no secret movie this year, but yeah, no. Wasn't I, it like Fantastic or Fast and Furious in the past? Uh, yeah. I I I, I went to that one, Furious Seven. I went to the secret screening of uh, Furious Seven at South by Southwest. Um, oh, I should also say this. I, okay, I I did zero prep for this episode. By by the way, this is why this no is happening. Way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, that's why I'm jumping in, remembering things I I, I wanted to say. Uh, yeah. We were Sarah and I were supposed to be at South by Southwest uh, in 2020, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and then Tom Hanks got COVID, and then everything shut down. Tom Hanks, uh, patient we, zero. Yeah, patient zero. Uh, <laughs> 
him and Rita Wilson, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, While they, they were filming in Australia. Yeah, they were filming Elvis. Uh, were which, they really filming Elvis? He had that yes. fat suit on the whole time? Uh, That's <laughs> how he got it. I can confirm that, yes, he was filming Elvis. The prosthetics, yeah. Yes, because he was in Australia with uh, good old Baz Luhrmann. Um, I mean, I'm not going to be the conspiracy theorist and say Baz Luhrmann, Luhrmann gave him COVID, but connect the dots, people. Um, yeah. So we, we were supposed to go in 2020. Um, they did the digital thing in 2020. I think a few months later, I checked out some movies there. Um, they did the digital thing in March of 2021, which I which I did a, a few movies uh, there too. Did you do any of the online South by Southwest stuff in the last 2020? Two years? I didn't because I was depressed. Um, 2021, we covered the festival, but I didn't cover the festival. So uh, writers at Film Cred definitely saw a few of those films. Um, but oh. I had heard that the online portal was good. Yeah. It, it, for 2020, 2021, pretty good. Uh, 2022, South by Southwest Online, buggy. Uh, buggy, that, but buggy. when it worked, like, it I did worked. get to watch. Most of the films I watched were in succession on a day where I took a day off. Oh. I watched about six or seven films just at home in a row. That's awesome. Um, I did have some issues sometimes, but... But I got through it. Um, it could have been a little better, though. Yeah. Uh, I, I had some problem with the app on my Apple TV. Um, but uh, uh, regardless, it, it, it was a nice app, and I, I was able to see a few at home. Um, yeah. Okay, so cut to now. We're back mm-hmm. in person. Um, were there any film festivals you went to virtually? I can't... or. or or I, uh, yeah, I was about to ask in person, but I'm I, I, I'm pretty sure this was your first in-person film festival yes. in like two or three years, right? Yeah, this is my first in-person in a while. I um I did cover Austin Film Festival digitally for Film Cred. Yeah. Um, I popped into some Sundance online stuff, but I didn't pay for a full badge. I bought single tickets. Um, th- both of those were run very well online. Interesting. Yeah, because like mm-hmm. um, over the last two years, I've talked to a few people uh, who've done the online film fest stuff, and I'm happy that this year for South by Southwest, uh, they incorporated some of that online element into the in-person stuff, and and yeah, I mean, again, you know, besides the bugginess, I think it all worked out, so that's good. Okay. No, I agree. Besides the bugginess, I mean, between being press, especially like we were between. The screen screenings in person, online, the press library that had a little bit of stuff, not a lot, but had some good stuff in there. And then on top of it, being able to ask for screeners from PR, like we, we, I've never had so much access. I always miss a lot because I'm trying to do everything and I only end up watching like four or five films at most festivals. Um, I did, I did a lot better at this festival. Well, and that takes us back. See, this is like, uh, uh, this is like everything everywhere all at once. It's it's it jumps back and forth between <laughs> levels, you know. Now we're gonna go yeah. back to everything everywhere all at once. That premiere screening, the opening night screening. So this is this is for you the best uh, opening night screening, or at least screening it at the Paramount Theater, which is a huge. Yeah. You know, it's it's the big theater in Austin that they play all the big movies at for South by. Uh, best yeah. one you've been to. Period. Hundred percent, absolutely. I mean, it's it's just in general a very good film. I I have a tendency to watch films at film festivals and, and like them a bit more. 
yeah. than I if I had just sat down at home and turned it on. Just there's energy to it, but also like there's a definite film festival like days that yeah, like a movie like I I saw Lemon at Sundance. Have you ever seen Lemon before? I don't think I've seen Lemon. What's that one about? Um, Lemon, I think it has Brett Gallman in it. Let me just double check the name real quick while I'm talking. Okay. Lemon. But and it's I'll a comedy s- film that nobody nobody watched except for me. Um, twenty seventeen it has Brett Gellman, Michael Sarah, Judy Greer, G- Gillian Jacobs, and Janixa Bravo. I have no idea who that is. She just directed the A twenty four film based off the Twitter thread Zola. Oh, okay. I know so I, she, I, I know that. She and Brett Gellman are married. Before Zola, she made this movie called Lemon with him starring. Ah, uh, yes. I, I this... thought that movie was hilarious. Uh-huh. I was cracking my ass off in the theater. Everyone around me thought I was losing my mind. I get out of the film, the people who are sitting next to me are like, why did you like this so much? Like, I don't know, I just really liked it. Um, they actually took that film to South by Southwest later that year. Uh, but then, now I talk about it and nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. It, it, it rings a bell. I think I remember seeing the poster. Um, but is it, you, more than most people, I think, know... I mean, you just gave a good example of that, of, like, these film festival movies that sort of, yeah. like, just... They they make a splash or they don't at a, at, a, at a film festival, several film festivals. Then they just kind of... Not necessarily disappear, but they just no, go No, but they under do the disappear. They disappear. Where's Down with the King? You know, where is my favorite film from Austin Film Festival starring <laughs> Freddie Gibbs? It's gone, man. I'm never going to see it again. But I really like that film. <laughs> okay, but we'll talk more about that later, about film is disappearing. Really? <laughs> I, think, okay. I think we will. I think some Everything of the- everywhere will not disappear, Exactly. I, hey. I am 100% certain. I just talked to you about this when we went to see another film that we'll talk about later yeah. together. Um, I think that this film is special. And I think people are going to, I think it's going to get like a cult following and a lot of buzz, like just from like people being like, what the hell did I just watch? I hope so. Um, for, for anybody who's complained recently about, oh, there's no like adult films for adults, not like porn films. Uh, <laughs> let me make myself clear. Like films made for adults to go see in a I mean, movie there's theater. dildos in this movie, so that's a little I, adult, right? Sure, sure, sure. Um, but this this is the type of movie anybody who complains like there's like too many Marvel movies or superhero movies like this is people should this should be a hit because yes. it's it's great for one and also like you said like it's I think it's going to like affect a lot of people um, in surprising ways because uh, a friend of mine who I saw it with um, she said that like it's it's like a it's like a movie for like the TikTok generation because it's just so rapidly cut and mm. it uses like a lot of match cuts which I guess is a big thing in the, in the TikTok community. Um, the editing is amazing, um, surface level stuff amazing, but then also on the, on a deeper level, it's a great story. So yeah. it, it has everything for it to be a hit. I hope people go out to see it. Um, ha- it's the answer to people who complain about just everything being based off of IP. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sure, you can say like, oh, the multiverse, like that's, uh, and also the no, Russos. that's a that's a scientific thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, my <laughs> point is, sure, 
like people see the trailer and say, "Oh, it's the multiverse. Oh, it's 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 like one of those pop culture comic book things that that's in that that's, that's in the zeitgeist now." But whatever, and also forget that the Russos produced it. Sure. Um, besides all that, it yeah, it tells a great story in a great way, um, and yeah, it's not. It's unlike a lot of movies you you watch. Not you, Sarah, mm-hmm. but like I mean, just people. So there's it, a lot going for it. Um, Michelle Yao is amazing. I loved her in this. The entire cast is amazing, but I I just love her and I love that she has a huge starring role. That I don't know. I I again. I hope people fall in love with this thing. I don't know what else I can say without spoiling it, Sarah. I mean, what what else can you say about everything everywhere all at once? I'm gonna spoil it right now. I'm gonna say it all right now. Right. Um, no, no, I won't. Uh, no, I I think that a lot of reviews are gonna talk about just like how heartfelt and true and nice like the family structure like the 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 dynamic of them like figuring things out but uh the more i think about it the more i think about first like the the structure it's there's a three-act structure but also there's the structure of like her resolving her issues with each family member yeah. And sometimes that overlaps her resolving her issues with every person in her life, even the tax lady. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm trying to hint at that in my review. But the other thing that I don't think other people are giving enough credit for is uh, Ki Hu Wan. Yes. I love his name. Ki Hu Wan. Ki Hu Wan. He's amazing. He's oh. the only character. I mean, he's the only actor who is playing multiple versions of himself so starkly different, more so than anybody else in the movie. Um, I mean, Michelle is playing multiple versions, but it's always the same psyche. The daughter is playing like two versions or so. I don't know if that's a spoiler, Um, but he's playing stark, like really different versions of himself and so well that I was like shocked that it was him sometimes. And I was impressed. Yeah, I, this is something I should have also said at the start of this conversation. I'm going to give a quick synopsis just off the, off, off the top of the dome. I mean, just yeah. the basic stories. I mean, if you watch the trailer, you, you, you get That's the, the basic the story. story. It's a story. Yeah. It's just a, a, a mother is, and like her family are dealing with this audit, this tax audit. And she's just dealing with like her relationship with like her husband, her daughter, this tax lady uh, played by Jamie Lee Curtis her her father um and it all comes to a head when like the multiverse all of a sudden becomes a plot point and that's all i'll say um yeah but 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 going back to uh k hugh kwan uh he's amazing and like this isn't a spoiler there's a portion of the movie that shot like a wong car Wai movie and the way that he is presented it's like he is one of the most handsome people ever shot on film <laughs> he's like debonair and yeah. be- and like hot and then and it's just he's never played a character like that no. i mean he and the, on top of that he ca- he came out of retirement for this they said 20 years he hasn't been in a film yeah and, and to me he stole the show in a lot of ways I mean, everyone is so good, and I can't say that he stole it from Michelle because that's not even fair. But he just did so much impressive stuff that I keep I can't get over it. 
Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. And like for those who don't know, uh, he played uh, Data in the Goonies and was Short Round in Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. And he's been working like behind the scenes for the, the last few decades as a stunt, a stunt choreographer. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that makes so much sense. Uh, again, yeah. it's in the trailer if you've seen the trailer. But yeah, there's some stunt work in this that is amazing from him and Michelle uh, Yao. It's like, oh. It's it's so good, um, again, and I've only seen Goonies. I saw Goonies for the first time this year, and so I was like, "Oh, that's him! Holy crap, that's him!" And yeah, I, I I'm just so shocked. Even in the trailer, you just don't get the sense of like how many like layers he has. Oh, you yeah. just think he's doing like the the husband and another version of the husband, but he's doing so much more. Uh, his emotional beats and like his monologues are amazing, and the overall the character. This, his central character is just so good and um you know he, he he's like the hero in yeah. a lot of ways yeah now i i dug him uh he's fantastic in this the movie's fantastic folks go out to see everything everywhere all at once yes. um it's it, it's uh if if i had seen it at south by it probably would be like maybe my, maybe my second favorite I'll, I'll get to my first favorite later um, it's my first favorite yeah out of the nine you saw um yep. so why don't we talk about another movie so that was everything everywhere mm-hmm. um why don't we talk about the other movie we saw together sarah uh, or one of the other ones um is it spin me around <laughs> yeah let's talk about that so is it the worst around. movie of the festival spin me around um see okay what's funny is um it's the worst here I, I, I'm, I'm gonna tell a quick story um, yeah, and you know me and story, Sarah. This is going to go somewhere. Um, uh-huh. So th- this year, I tried to do something different than I than past years. I tried to talk to people, right? Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I talked to some people when I tried to get into um, "I Love My Dad." Uh, that screening, uh, we we didn't get in, but we had a good conversation. That was one example of me talking to people. It's like, oh, this is fine, I guess. I don't normally do this, but I'm talking to, to, to strangers. And then, as I was, then uh, a few days later, I was waiting to see Apollo Ten and a Half um, for South by, and somebody in line was there, and we started a conversation. It's like, oh, okay, this is how it works. A conversation with like strangers. And then I, I, I told her, I was like, oh, what, no. what is the worst <laughs> movie you saw at the, the at the festival so far? <laughs> <laughs> and this was like day this is like the last day of South by this was like the second yeah. Saturday right and then she was like oh I don't know I don't want to talk bad about any movie it's like you know what, what if the filmmakers are around and it's like and I'm like okay okay how about like one you had a problem you had an issue with and then I said for me I'll give my example it's spin me around and she goes yes that movie <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and I don't think you know this. I, I, I've been meaning to tell you. Okay, first, let's talk about the movie in general, okay? Yeah, in and general, I'll, it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, also, <laughs> I had a really bad time. I also don't know when or if this movie is coming out. Uh, I'm sure yeah. it'll get picked up. I'm, I'm going to do a quick search. I'm sure it'll get picked up. Like It'll probably be like an Amazon or Netflix release. Well, Little um, Hours got picked up by Amazon eventually, right? Is that what happened yeah. with Little Hours? So it's like that all over again. I looked back in my pictures from Sundance um, one manic night uh, when I couldn't sleep. I was just going through my entire Instagram. Don't ask. And I saw a picture of this director 
standing next to Aubrey Plaza, standing next to Allison Brie for the premiere of Little Hours at Sundance. And this I was think th- what what year? That, I think that was 2017. Yeah, it just says here 2017. Yeah. Um. So I have a picture of all three of them standing next to each other because uh, I was pretty close in the front row and I was just like, ah, people, celebrities. So I took a picture and now I look back at it and I'm like, ah, oh, these assholes. Why would they keep doing this? He should. I don't like Little Hours to you know, begin with. Do you know why he keeps doing it? Because he's married. Because. He's to, married. Uh, yeah. He's baby mama to Aubrey Plaza, and, <laughs> and then he films his wife m- making out and more with Allison Brie, and that's supposed to make me really love the movie, but it didn't. You know, I'm the target audience for this, um, uh, and I feel hurt. They also made <laughs> Horse Girl together, which was a Netflix movie. So. I have not seen that. I don't know if I'm going to see that. No. I don't like the name of it. Okay, so spin me, <laughs> spin me around. Here's the official letterbox synopsis. Okay. Okay. When the manager of an Italian restaurant, uh, Olive Garden, you know, it's yeah, it's quote unquote Olive Garden, uh, wins the opportunity to attend the franchise's educational immersion program in Italy. What she thought would be a romantic getaway devolves into chaos and catastrophe. Um, and the cast, yes, includes Alison Brie, Aubrey Plaza. I can't pronounce this guy's name, but he's great. Al- uh, Alexandro Nivola, uh, mm. Molly Shannon, uh, Lil Ray Howery, Tim Heidecker, uh, Zach Woods. Uh, that, that's the big, those are the big names in the cast. Um, this movie was the worst one I saw at the festival. Yeah. Out, of, out of the 28 okay there's so many good comedians in there it's really sad i mean they don't care though you know no. what i mean okay so we had a, a running theory or you had a, th- a theory that they I shot a this weird theory. like five years ago right okay i only said that because there is a scene in this film that very clearly she's on like an ipad talking to her friend back home and it says the date 2017 up in the top of the ipad and it's pretty bold like, it's not, I wasn't looking for it. It's just very visibly said 2017. And I was like, what does that mean? When did they film this thing? What is going on right now? Um, and then you came back and uh, you, your, your theory, go ahead. Oh, and my theory was like, oh, it's, it's, it just feels like one of those COVID bubble movies. Cause like that was the big thing this year, seeing a lot of movies shot in one location, shot over the pandemic uh, with like a group of friends. So that was my theory. It's like one of those movies. Yeah. Which is a good theory, but it didn't at first explain why they chose 2017 as the year of the film. But then you were like, because it's pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah. And then my theory ended up being true because I think the Wikipedia says, oh, they they shot this in the summer of 2021. And uh, yeah, to and I just saw that in another new movie. I can't remember which one. But yeah, I think that's going to be the... the, um, the uh, the way people filmmakers going to avoid the pandemic is just shoot things or set things like five a years few before. Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was just a weird aspect of this movie. I mean, folks, we just talked for like three minutes about the timeline of this movie uh, and not the movie itself. Um, no, here's my issue with this movie. Okay, the movie is is at first supposed to be it's kind of funny with the premise but it takes a really long time to ramp up to actually be funny it's kind of just sad at the beginning you know this girl is a manager of uh like an olive garden type restaurant and then wins the internal company's like 
competition to go to Italy to learn how to make the Italian food. And um, she gets there and they're like, they're like sex trafficking people. But the film like doesn't make it, it makes it really like not serious at all. Like there's no consequences, but literally that's what's happening. And then there's like eyes wide shut stuff happening. And then her and Aubrey Plaza, they do make out. I had people DM me to ask if they make out because they were very obsessed with it. They definitely make out and some other things. But then Aubrey Plaza disappears from the film forever. Yeah, spoiler alert, but who cares? Um, no, who it, cares? Yeah, because it, 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 it is, that's what, hey, I'm not going to lie. That's what drew me to the movie. <laughs> that's what drew us all to the movie. Yeah. And then they just gave us that and there's no ending lesbian stuff. Like, they don't even, like, see each other again. That's it. If, it's messed up. If you go to the letterbox page, and I'm sure this is on IMDb, too, um, you'll see a still from the movie with uh, Brie and Plaza on a moped uh, yep. together. And, hey, guess what? That scene's not in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And apparently in the Q&A, which, Sarah, I know you really like to avoid Q&As. Yeah. Because, like, you yep, were, yep, yep. at the end of Spin Me Around, you were like, let's get the hell out of here. And we all left. Yeah. Apparently, according to the the, the, the great lady who I talked with, who I don't know her name, I kind of wish I got her name, uh, she told me she was at that screening, she was at the Q&A, and the director said that that scene... Uh, the deleted scene is his favorite scene and they had to cut it out for whatever reason. So that that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, But yeah. So spin me around. How about spin me down? Oh, spin me away. Spin me away from this movie. Uh, Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I I think they were even kind of embarrassed. I mean, we didn't get, we got the director and Tim Heidecker. Oh, and the Disney girl was there. Oh, and uh, Zach Woods was there, who was like uh, the... Oh, hey, Zach Woods was the best part of this movie. Yeah, for, I was going to say, for me, the all-star of, of this movie. Um, Zach Woods, you deserve better, bro. Yes, Zach Woods gets a special award for me. Uh, yep. I'm calling it the Zach Woods Award. Yeah. Um, so, spinning around, again, look look for it on Netflix like in three months or something. It'll just be one of those like random drops. It's like, hey, what about this movie? Uh, Don't look for it. <laughs> and then you forget about it a week later. Yeah. Um, okay. So, why don't we talk about a good movie? Okay. What What's a good movie you saw, Sarah? Oh, that's a great question. Here it is. Cheese. Oh. Chi dollar sign E. Yes, it's a movie I reviewed. I published this review. It's out there. Go read it. Um, so directed by Damien Marcano. Uh, why, why don't I read the synopsis since I have it here? Way down mm-hmm. the island countryside, behind God's back, as they say, as the locals call it, uh, tired of monotonous village life, Skimma dreams of just seeing something different. But after receiving the news that he has gotten Rebecca pregnant and his constant complaints about his small village, he embraces a new profession, the village pot supplier. So that's the premise. That's the plot of Cheese. Um, And I went into this. uh, What I love about film festivals, Sarah, indulge me, is just Mm. knowing nothing. It's like going in blind. It's like just expecting nothing. Just let's let's see. And I just watched this at home. Like, I think a, a day or two before the fest actually started, because I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch as many as I can and, and, and review some. 
I, I was like, oh, this is great. Like, this is a, this is a really well shot. This is funny. Uh, has enough drama. Has enough, like, great character beats. Um, I love this movie. I wrote a glowing review. Um, and I, something you may not, may not know, Sarah, is, like, the director, uh, he, he's done some work um, outside of, like, uh, uh, where he shot this, because uh, this was shot in Trinidad and Tobago. He shot, mm-hmm. uh, I think, an episode or two of that new um, Lakers series on HBO. I uh, did actually find that out. I yeah. was looking it up on my own and saw that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, we got an email about it as well. Oh, which is just, <laughs> just just now? Uh, no, no. During the festival, we got oh. an email <laughs> <laughs> telling us about it. Um, this was really good. Uh, have you seen City of God? Uh, I I don't think I have. No, I have not. City of God is um Brazilian film that right. talks about like the you know like just the slums of brazil and like it's a it's first person about the main character growing up there and he 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 has friends that are drug dealers and he's a photographer beautiful amazing film that's like one of the best films i've ever seen um however that a lot of it reminds me of this with the style of um just like this the way it's shot everything is very yellow in this film <laughs> cheese yeah. uh and then also just like yeah the way it's shot and um the cuts like uh, the uh, the way it's edited the kind of the voiceover but something that cheese does even better than that is like i really love how they use subtitles to stylize the film yeah that's like that was really really cool um i really like this film it's also hilarious a uh, lot of hilarious jokes. I, I'm so excited because you told me that that they were going to keep going with it. Yeah, not and to, I really want to see more of it. Not to spoil it, but the ending is is. I'm not going to say cliffhanger. I'm just going to say it just ends abruptly. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It, you kind of either. I mean, it could have ended just like that, and you'd be like, oh. That's kind of sad, but it's not you. You you have to. I thought I would have to assume the worst happens right. to this character, but um. Yeah, then I asked you, and you said that yeah, the, in, the idea in, is to keep going in the press kit. Yeah, uh, the the director writer explains that it's it's gonna okay. Well, uh, uh, this is something interesting. Um, mm. So he originally shot it as like a web series. It was like divided, like this movie was was supposed to be like ten parts of like a series, but then yeah. but then during COVID, uh, like a lot of us, he had extra time and he goes, oh, why don't I just cut this into a movie? And I was like, oh, it, it's it's it cuts well together. And I that that, that first off that was surprising to me because it felt like a feature, of, you know, uh, from from the initial, like, uh, idea. Yeah, that, it did. Yeah, it, it, it didn't feel segmented. It only didn't feel like a feature at the end when you're... Because yeah. I was like, oh, my God, what? what, what? Yeah, like, so that sort of feels like a season finale uh, because mm-hmm. he is planning to make more of this, uh, of, like, this island trilogy, I think is what he's calling it. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping, I'm sure it will continue on with, like, these characters, um, I hope it's not like one of those loose trilogies, but but yeah, but the plan is to make more uh, more movies like this. So yeah, so that's yeah. exciting. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out. I, I'm hoping this. I'm I'm not sure where this is getting released. Um, that's one thing I don't like about these film festivals is like sometimes yeah, either you wait like year like a year or months for for something to get picked up or it never gets picked up at all. It's like yeah, yeah. Because uh, I'm sure Lemon eventually came out, right, Sarah? 
Um, I think it. I can't. I think it also came out on Prime or something like that. I remember yeah. seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, look out for cheese whenever that comes. Cheese. Cheese dollar sign e. See, see how they did mm-hmm. that, folks. See that? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna talk about one that I saw. That's my favorite of the festival. Why don't you jump okay. to that? I wrote a review for this uh, today, actually, because it was stuck in my mind. And I really wanted to write about it. Uh, Deadstream, which I know somebody on your site who I know, because she's an editor mm-hmm. on, on, on Talk From Society, she wrote the review for this. I haven't had a chance to read her review, but I know she. Aaron Brady. I, I was kidding. I was kidding. I was kidding. Get you. <laughs> Let's give Aaron Brady Aaron some Brady, credit here. Yes. I did edit that review so I know what the film is about. Ooh, so it's like I'm talking to her through that. Um, no. <laughs> I, but, but I'll tell you right now, it's a film I'll never be able to watch. I know. I, I was going to bring this up. So I I love the good old midnight horror movie. Um, mm. And I and I try to make all the uh, – or as much as I can, I try to make the, the, the Midnighters at South By. Um, uh, uh, hey, uh, funnily enough, there were no Midnighters at Midnight this year. Um, I, I don't know exactly why. Maybe they, it's because they were trying to just trim – like trim back i guess the festival screenings or, or i don't know why um but i saw this at like ten forty-five opening night um and i was just blown away i was like oh it's, i i i love this thing it's it's, it's way so past good. my bedtime <laughs> i know you yeah you could see it for, for several reasons uh you don't like scary movies and also it's it's way mm-hmm. past your bedtime um, like hours past. Yeah. So Deadstream. Oh, okay. So here's here's the uh, here's the synopsis. After a public controversy left him disgraced and demonetized, a washed-up internet personality tries to win back his followers by live streaming himself spending one night alone in an abandoned haunted house. Um, it it's it's a it's like it, uh, so it's a mix of paranormal activity, the Evil Dead. Uh, one cut of the dead and unfriended uh, all that stuff put it in a blender you get this movie um, there's been a lot of live stream streamer horror recently yeah and I think this one does it because I'm a huge fan of the unfriended movies um, mm-hmm. I, I there was another one that was like um, li- a live stream like vlogger goes to uh, like an escape room or maybe even like a haunted house yeah. escape room or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I forget the name of it, but I I know mm-hmm. I know what we're talking about. Um, I th- I think what works for me here is like you just see the uh, so the writer director is also the lead actor uh, Joseph Winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays this YouTuber, and you just see this YouTuber just gets tortured for ninety minutes and. I have a contempt for YouTube people, for these YouTube personalities. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was thrilling. It was, it was a shock and Florida seeing this movie because he just gets annihilated <laughs> by these ghosts and goblins and, and whatever. And from what I saw, like the effects looked very, are they practical? Yeah. Because it, it looked like Evil Dead style effects exactly. to me. Um, uh, by the end, this isn't a spoiler, but like by the end, like, yeah, like these practical effects monsters are attacking him and yeah it uh, they they actually had i i i never like uh, posted these pictures but they actually had the props and like the big body cast of these monsters out in the lobby after the premiere at south by oh that's cool yeah that's really cool um and this was all low budget too Uh, this was another one of those covid bubble movies where like they were like oh let's just shoot a movie uh in an abandoned house 
during COVID with like a really small uh, crew. Uh, mm-hmm. with, it's like a limited budget. And it works. Um, and I hope it gets a theatrical release. Um, it, this one for sure I know is coming out on Shudder, uh, presumably l- uh, later this year. But yeah, it was one of those experiences where it worked as a horror movie. I got reminded of Paranormal Activity uh, because, like, and I'm talking the like original Paranormal Activity, not like the sequels that just like yeah things go things get way overblown. Um, it reminded me of yeah Evil Dead and One Cut of the Dead. Uh, if you know if you know and you love those movies, I think you'll love this one. And like the unfriended aspect, uh, if you do, <laughs> if they were released like a PG cut of this, Sarah, I think you might appreciate aspects <laughs> of this where it's like you see the live stream. And what 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 what's so funny about it, it's like you see the comments like live like as he's streaming, mm-hmm. and all of those are they're like a th- maybe like a thousand comments like popping up on screen throughout the entire movie. Uh, they, they they just pop up every like five minutes, but mm-hmm. that that stuff in there it's still hilarious. It's like there's like little in jokes and little small jokes throughout the entire movie that I think uh, will probably work well with like rewatches. So. All of that said, I, th- I had a ball with this. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy I saw it in a theater, and I hope it gets a, a big release. Uh, although, I don't know how Shudder does things. Uh, maybe it'll get a limited release. Who knows? But Deadstream, my favorite of the fest. Uh, happy to have seen it. So, What's a film that I like that you haven't seen? Um, Crows Are White. Did you watch Crows Are White? I did not see Crows Are White. Tell me about Crows Are White. So I may review this, um, but Crows Are White is a documentary that it's kind of one of those documentaries that's supposed to start a certain way, but the director kind of ends up in another direction um, just because he gets more personal and and things don't go the way he wants. Um, It is centered around um, a director going to Japan, and I'm going to read the... The synopsis on Letterboxd. For over a thousand years, a secretive Buddhist sect has lived on an isolated monastery in Japan, performing acts of extreme physical endurance in their pursuit of enlightenment. As a filmmaker struggling to reconcile his desire, his own desires with his faith, sets off to the strict monastery to search for answers. So it starts with him going to this monastery to talk to these kind of monks that are starving themselves for multiple days doing 90 days of of walking so many miles every night on the mountain um standing for so many days over time and the problem is they don't want to talk to him (laughs) about this he Uh wants to ask them questions about like have you ever been in love and stuff like that and they're like why are you asking me this question um and it kind of devolves from there he he can't communicate with them they don't want to communicate with him and he and it it's it's funny it's there's a lot of comedic beats to it Uh, he ends up meeting another monk who will talk to him who's part of the sect but very low on the totem pole Mm -hmm. and uh that that monk is like hilarious and amazing and um kind of a rebel you know and you learn more and more about the monks and like how true everything that they say is um if they really are doing the things that they're saying but Uh it's not like a it's not a mean trying to uncover or even say anything about their faith it's again the central story is the director is 
a Muslim and wants to just see what he should do because he does things that are contradictory to his religion as well. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I think it's not a perfect documentary. Um, I find that uh, I have a hard time when like the main character is the director, especially in documentaries, because it's a, it's a, how much can you trust what they're saying all the time? Um, but it's it. There's so there's a lot to it that I really like. I definitely recommend it. There you go. I just looked it up and I do not see anything about a release date or anything about getting picked up. But hopefully it does. <laughs> Sounds interesting. <laughs> like sometimes this is a bummer because I hope some of this gets out there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, okay. I got one that you haven't seen. Okay. Uh, that's kind of similar in a way. Uh, Bad Axe, uh, which I just heard heard i just saw somebody tweet about it um it won the the audience award yeah for documentary yeah Uh, not to be confused with bitch ass which also won the audience award for for horror or whatever (laughs) um the midnighters um Mm -hmm. uh bad axe uh documentary uh here i'll read the synopsis off letterboxd a Mm real-time portrait of 2020 unfolds as an asian american family in trump's rural america fights to keep their restaurants and the American dream alive in the face of a pandemic. Neo-Nazis and generational scars from the Cambodian killing fields. Um, this started off like a personal diary. And like this, this director just ended up like uh, living with his family in Michigan, like during the pandemic in March of 2020. Like that's like the opening, opening scenes of the movie. It's like, you see him pick up a camera. It's like, Oh, I'm going to shoot something. Um, and it ends up being like, he, he catches some fantastic things. And like, I think, uh, every member of his family has like a great story to tell. And even like people who work at their restaurants have great stories to tell. And things become tense when, um, the black lives matter movement happens and the family was like very liberal. Like they go to this, uh, uh, to a March in like a bad axe, Michigan, which is like, it, it's, it, yeah. Like the synopsis said, it's rural America and a lot of Trump assholes there and there are neo-Nazis there. Um, and the, the, the neo-Nazis, the, the neo-Nazis start harassing the family after that black lives matter March. And yeah, it gets, it gets wild after that. But not only that, like, yeah, like the, 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 the father in the family, like he survived the Cambodian killing field. So his story is like amazing. Um, and like the, 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 uh, the daughter in the family, it's like, she's in her thirties and like, she's trying to like help run the restaurant, like, and, 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 and helping like her parents, like, try to survive not only like keep the restaurant open but like try to keep them like safe from covid so all this stuff is being juggled i think by the end it does a really good job of like uh, um just following a family and making it sure it's personal but then kind of like you were saying sarah like he he kind of is the main character towards the end but he mm-hmm. he, he does a smart thing of like stepping back and saying yeah i don't want to be in front of the camera all the time so i'm just going to show like my family and what they're going through and have that be the story. So at least Mm -hmm. it's smart in that regard. Uh, But I I think it's really good. I think it's worth seeing again. I do not know where this is going to be released, but I hope (laughs) it's going to be released somewhere because I really did enjoy it. Did you watch pirates? Uh, Yes, I did watch pirates. Did you have subtitles for pirates? 
Oh, no, I did not have subtitles. Something that I do want to bring up is that South by Southwest said that if something is online, it will have subtitles. Oh, yeah. I did not experience that with everything I had access to. Interesting. Um, so I thought that was a little weird because there was a bumper in the front that said there's going to be subtitles and then I watched the film starts and there's no subtitle option. Um, in this case, this film is very, very, very British. Uh, it is about <laughs> 90s, <laughs> 90s UK culture, uh, three young men who are got out of, right out, out, you know, around past college age so maybe like 21 22 are celebrating new year's eve 1999 um so big y2k celebration and uh shenanigans happen (laughs) um i liked it though um it's it's all the performances are very funny i like british humor um i watch a lot of british television I still had a hard time understanding a lot of the movie because there is slang and references that I do not get because while I was alive for year 2000, um, I was, you know, um, nine (laughs) and I lived in New Jersey. So it's different. It's a different place. I didn't get uh, the music was good, though. But it was definitely like it's a it's it's supposed to be nostalgic, and it was not the easiest for me to understand. Gotcha. Yeah, I I do remember watching it because it was one of those I watched at home. Um, mm-hmm. I, I watched it at home. Yeah, and uh, I I I'm not a big subtitles guy. That's a weird thing to say, but I never have the subtitles on when I watch a movie. Although I have subtitles on when I play a video game. I don't know what that means in my head, but it makes sense. Um, uh, but I I completely know what you're saying with pirates because, like, at least for me, I kind of just rolled with it. I was like, I'm not gonna understand everything they're saying, but I yeah. get it. I I I, I, I was get, rolling I get the with vibe. it. Yeah, I was happy. Uh, this did not make me dislike the film. Yeah, I just. I don't know how much I could speak to it when I don't fully understand everything that happened, but the central themes and the relationship at the end is very, very cute. Yeah. And that translated. Um, You don't see films that are like this, especially when it's like bro love movies that have um, a supportive like romance element to it that is like positive and wholesome. I was very impressed by that. There we go. Um, and I looked it up. Uh, Pirates uh, did get a release in the UK, um, I believe, last year. Or is going to have a release uh, in the UK soon. I'm not sure. I can't get an exact confirmation on that. But hey, <laughs> but it's it, it'll be out there, I think, somewhere. I think more, more than some of the other ones we talked about, this one for sure will be out there. Because I think it is like a BBC production. Um, I, think mm-hmm. it, I, I remember seeing that logo in the be- at the beginning of this movie. Uh, so keep an eye out for that, folks. Pirates. Um, okay, I want to talk about this one. Okay. Um, Which one? Cha-Cha Real Smooth. <laughs> okay, we're going to jump to Cha-Cha Real Smooth? Yeah, let's jump to that one. Yeah. Cha-Cha Real Smooth is the other one we saw together. Yes, because we only saw uh, two, right? We only saw two together. Yeah, together. Uh, this is at the Paramount. This is a big screening. Um, and... Uh, I'll I'll start it off. I'll I'll read the synopsis. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's the synopsis. Fresh out of college and stuck at at his New Jersey home without a clear path, 22-year-old 
Andrew begins working as a party starter for bar slash bar mitzvahs, uh, where he strikes up a unique friendship with a young mom and her teenage daughter. So that's a synopsis to Cha Cha Real Smooth. And I'll say, uh, apparently, I didn't notice until uh, uh, they said it in the, the int- in the introduction, but uh, Cooper Ralph, the director, writer, star of this movie, he also did the movie Shit House, which won the uh, Cooper Rafe. What is? Where are you getting the L from? Cooper Rafe. Uh, oh, you're right. You're right, Sarah. I I, I was uh, I was looking at it and like the 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 type was really small on the screen, and I thought the I was an L. Cooper <laughs> That's my Ratcliffe. Coop- <laughs> Cooper Rafe. So I didn't know yeah. who Coop- I don't know who Cooper Rafe was, and apparently he he won like uh, the South by Southwest Award audience or whatever narrative. I don't know what award he won for Shit House. Uh, yes, I, and I, I remember Shit House. I have not seen it, but I remember the buzz after South by Southwest that year. Yeah, same with me. I have not seen it, but I did hear the buzz. Um, so going into this, I'm like, okay, this guy seems to know what he's doing because he did a movie that did pretty well. So let's see. Uh, I'll just give my thoughts. I, I liked it. I did. Uh, Dakota Johnson is in this. I think she's excellent. I, I love her. Um, I think the supporting cast is great. The 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 the, the young actress who plays uh, the daughter, um, she has it's it's autism that she has, right, Sarah? Like, and I think Vanessa Berghart. Yes, yes, thank yes you. she's uh, she is autistic. She she does a fantastic job uh, on yeah. screen. Um, I loved her, uh, Leslie Mann. Oh my god, I love Leslie. Mann. I I told you after this after the screening, I Leslie Mann's my favorite. Okay. Yes. She is. Um, and Brad Garrett's really good. I mean, yeah. The main, <laughs> the lead of the movie, though, um, we can talk about more. I think I'm going to pass it off to you. Like, I had my problems with them. But other than that, I think it's a it's a fine movie. I don't think it's really fantastic. But I, I really liked it by the end. I have my issues mm-hmm. with it, though. But Sarah, what about you? What would you think of this cha-cha real smooth? So you and I talked about this movie. Um, we left the, the Q&A because I can't listen to the Q&A. And uh, I was ranting to you about my theory about yeah. this movie. So, 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 um, now, so now you have a platform where more people can, <laughs> can, uh, can tune into this, this theory, Sarah. So, so go for it. Okay. I don't know if I am personally sold on Mr. Cooper. Um, Rayliff? He seems... Mr. Cooper Rayliff. Um, <laughs> he seems very nice. I don't feel like this film was poorly directed or poorly written. Um, but uh, I have feelings about him as an actor. Um, I think he is awkward to a point where it's supposed to be charming, and I think a lot of people do see it as charming. Um, I don't personally feel like it's super charming. I spent a lot of the film questioning his integrity, (laughs) (laughs) why he wrote himself this, why he wrote a character for himself in this way. Um, It is a character that is given faults but only faults to a point because he's still supposed to be this really lovable character um feels a little disingenuous to me but uh i compared this film to francis ha because i felt the same way after seeing that film um of i didn't really see the charm that other people saw i also didn't see I think a lot of people see themselves in characters like this because there's so many qualities given. It's almost like a horoscope. 
Yeah. Like they're doing so much to get you to relate to this central, this 20 something stressed out, confused by the world and sad and crying and happy and positive and perfectly helpful to everyone around them type character. In this case, Cooper's character is just every time he did something nice for someone in the movie, I questioned why. Hmm. And I, but I'm supposed to, at the end of the film, be like, oh, it's just because he loves everyone and cares about everyone. But it doesn't, it feels weird. It feels a little weird to me. I, I can yeah. see why this film is regarded so well, though. Dakota Johnson does a great job. Everyone does an excellent job. Even Cooper does fine. He just feels out of place. Yeah. And I think that's my main issue. Um, and I do, I, I did mention that I, uh, after the screening, when you, when you went on your, uh, uh, uh Cooper Ray Frant, um, yeah. I, I did agree with those points. And to me, it is like the Woody Allen conundrum where like, how often can you do that? And can you play the lead role that you wrote and you, you directed in and portray yourself as like a, a quote unquote, like, uh, not perfect, but like good person and like how much of that it's like propaganda to a point right yeah Um, i mean he's only done it twice now and i haven't seen the first film i'm only basing this off of this one performance (laughs) but this one performance it does feel like him trying to sell you on him yeah which i i i I totally i don't completely uh agree with you but i see your point and some mm-hmm. of that plays into how I feel about him in the movie, because I do because what you just said earlier about like him being out of place, I do agree with that. I think he is a little bit out of place, um, or maybe it's just it's just that I'm not. I don't know. It I can't even put it into words. Like he, it, it if they had cast somebody else in that role, like maybe mm-hmm. a more seasoned actor, like I think I would have liked this a lot more. I guess is my point. yeah yeah. Yeah, I just think that based off his actual performance and decisions made with like how he sp- like his actual lines, there are scenes that I'm like, why would he say it that way? Yeah. Or like, what is? I feel like it's skipping. It's weird. Uh, uh, but it's it's still a good film. I just don't understand why this film in particular is treated like such a film festival darling. Um, yeah. it didn't. It it's it's not as you know it's not as great as i think people are making it out to be i still did enjoy watching the movie it is very funny um it did make me tear up at times yeah um i i think it's a very it's a nice movie i just um i couldn't help but go away from it thinking about what it he's trying to say yeah with with his character i'm pretty much with you i think it's a really really good movie but is it one worthy of like uh, the, the the hype it's already gotten? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Um, hmm. Yeah. So I think we we kind of agree on this. Cha Cha Real Smooth. Yeah. But I could see him going on to direct and write and not be the lead per, like actor yeah. and do some really cool stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And also, this is not coming from total jealousy like he is like what 24 years old and he's 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 like has his like second big festival movie and he's got dakota johnson starring in this like a second movie so uh this guy has (laughs) i'm not jealous but i'll just say he's doing fine i feel like i can give him some criticism he's gonna be okay (laughs) he'll be fine but yeah i'm I'm with you i'm eager to see what he does next and i kind of hope he decides not to you know uh make himself the lead um because i think he has a lot of potential 
um, mm-hmm. which seems dismissive to say, but kid, you're going to go places. <laughs> yeah, you're you're doing great already. Just make a film and put somebody else in it. That's <laughs> exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Let's take a break. You can still be a side character. You can cameo. You can be the best friend. Yeah. It's not that he's not good looking or anything. He's a perfectly okay looking guy. He's just, he just, his performances are weird. And I'm, it's questionable of why he acted and made certain choices. But still, very good. Dakota Johnson, really hot. No problems oh, with Dakota Johnson. She said good. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can say that. I can't say that. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. say that. Okay. I think she's a fine actress. Uh, fine mm-hmm. actress. Um, <laughs> all right. So I know we're, we're up to an hour mark, and I know you need to go to bed soon, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Can I do like a quick yeah, uh, I was gonna say, let's, speed let's round? Do a speed round. Go ahead. Speed round. Um, Slashback is a really good um, uh, attack on the block style kids uh, fighting aliens film. Very, very good. Um, It's not perfect. It's a little silly at times, but I thought it was great for what it was. Uh, Definitely recommend it. Slashback. Uh, Skate Dreams, documentary about um, girls skaters since the beginning of girls skating times really cool uh not so mind-blowingly cool that i feel like i need to recommend it but if you are interested in skateboarding and the history of it and what's happening now and how it's kind of taken off more recently um for the best because it took a while i mean they were getting really dismissed and it's bullshit uh skate dreams good good watch seriously red is my second least favorite film of the festival seriously read about um an australian lady who wants to be a dolly parton impersonator um i didn't get it i didn't get a lot of the jokes um i don't i think it's just hard to understand as an american audience i think there's something more that i didn't get uh rose Byrne is in it but hardly which is really sad also, lesbian kiss that didn't make that didn't take off. What's up going on? Oh yeah, it's like it's like a theme. Yeah, South yeah. by Southwest. Come on, this is messed up. Uh, that's it. That's it for me because I that's everything I saw. Wow, so good. There's movies I missed though. Uh, I didn't see Linoleum. Ooh, which I I was just gonna talk about real real quick during my speed round, but I really liked yeah. Linoleum. Um, yeah, uh, I have a hard time saying it. Linoleum. Uh, linoleum. Linoleum. Here, uh, let me do a quick speed round of the of the yep. windows. I'm not going to go through all 28. That's just going to take away too much time. Um, so, mm-hmm. linoleum. Uh, this one starring Jim Gaffigan, Rhea Seahorn. Um, the the least you know about this, the better. The the the, the general plot is uh, Jim Gaffigan plays like this, like Bill Nye the Science Guy type of personality is going mm. through like a midlife crisis where he's he, he's getting replaced like he, he got fired from his uh tv job and now and now he's like building a rocket um and he's having like this uh this dilemma in life um and the way it unravels and like the way it connects to like the story about jim gaffigan's uh daughter like having this like friendship with the this this new kid in school, all of it ties together really well in the end. That's all I'll say. It's 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 a men really good will movie. literally build a spaceship rather than go into therapy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the, that's the review. Um, the kids in the hall, uh, comedy punks documentary. Uh, this one is coming uh, out on I missed Amazon. It. I was supposed to watch it online. I'll watch it on Amazon. Yeah, it'll be on Amazon because uh, uh, I, I think this was part of like Amazon's 
like big whole like kids in the hall is back sort of campaign because uh, right now they're f- they're filming the new season of kids in the hall for Amazon and mm-hmm. you see a tiny bit of that like making of at the end of this documentary but the but the documentary uh, overall is about like just how they got started and like their ups and downs and it gets into like the inner fights they have which I didn't know about uh, I, uh, like apparently everybody hated Dave Foley for a while there and I was super surprised mm. about that but if you love kids in the hall or if you love just like the history of comedy then I think you'll love this documentary uh, kids in the hall comedy punks so that's really good um, this much I know to be true uh, that was the first film I saw at the festival in in uh, opening night. Uh, I chose like to see this because I couldn't make everything everywhere all at once. Um, mm-hmm. but, I'm, but, I ha- but I'm I'm happy I saw this. Uh, the, this is the new Andrew Dominic, uh, Nick Cave documentary slash concert film. Um, essentially, it's just Nick Cave playing songs from his albums Ghostine and Carnage, um, and there are some like uh, like. Uh, be, be behind the scenes stuff where him and Warren Ellis are making the music um, but if you know anything about Nick Cave and, and like uh, what's happened to him over the last like five years then this is like a, is like a touching like catch up on like oh what's Nick Cave doing now how's he doing as a person I don't know anything about either of them <laughs> uh, I don't know I don't know if you you know what I, I, I'll recommend this to you Sarah check out Nick Cave's uh, music and, and maybe check out the Andrew Dominic uh, documentaries because uh, he uh, the last one he did was uh, One More Time with Feeling uh, that's the last Andrew Dominic Nick Cave documentary uh, which gets into, uh, I'll just say, it, like, um, he lost uh, his son, Nick Cave did, and that mm. affected him deeply, obviously. And it, uh, that documentary, One More Time with Feeling, uh, went into that and the album mm. he was making at the time. And this, the, the new documentary, basically says, uh, how is he doing five years later? Um, so I, I loved it because not only is it a great concert movie, but it's also great to see Nick Cave like develop as a human five years later. Um, great. Uh, Sissy, a horror movie that I know Sarah won't see. Um, it's about like an Instagram influencer um, basically reuniting with like her best friend um, from like when they were like nine years old. And it's, I'm just going to say it's like, it's like psycho for like the Instagram age. Um, Is it Ingrid Goes West? It's it's but, but it, horror. It's kind. It is kind of like that. Kind of not. Not really. It it it, it it's. I I don't even want to talk about it because I might tell spoil me. it. No, I don't want it. I, I'm good. I like blissfully not knowing what horror movies are about. But then I also I, say I, I get stuck because I have to review, uh, edit them. You know. Yeah, but I also <laughs> say this one, not for you, Sarah, because it is super super gory. <laughs> it is one oh of the most God. gory movies I saw at the at the festival this year. Um, oh no! But the lead performance, the titular sissy. Um, <laughs> like she's she's amazing. Uh, I think she's gonna be uh, amazing. Uh, uh, Aisha D. Um, mm. she, uh, hopefully she'll be a big name because like uh, she she is like uh, uh, Norman Bates and Psycho. Uh, she she plays like that kind of performance here. Yeah, yeah. So she's really good. Um, let's see. Oh, Marcel, the show with shoes on. Uh, I was told to go watch that, uh, and I did not. <laughs> this one made me cry. Um, it's it is a super weird movie about 
a shell with shoes on, voiced by Jenny <laughs> Slate. Uh, yeah, talking to and the, that's what got you. Yeah, talking uh, talking to the camera. Honestly, Jenny Slate. I'm like, I'm in. I don't, I don't care what the movie's about. Jenny Slate is in it. She well, was she, at the screening of Everything Everywhere. Oh God damn it! Now I feel like she was worse. there. She was she was sat in the theater with us. Sarah, you're making me sad. I, with the regular people. Uh, I, I I'm sorry. You don't know how much I love her. But anyway, uh, you don't see her in this document. You don't see her. Sorry, I said documentary. Well, it's shot like a documentary. <laughs> Marcel the mm-hmm. Shell is like a faux documentary, and Jenny Slate does the voice of this shell. And it's a it's basically like a Pixar movie, uh, uh, but with like it, like shot live action about a shell trying to find like his shell family. Uh, it's really hard to explain. It's, it's it's super sweet though, and it's and it's uh, I I saw somebody on Twitter say it's like an elevated kids movie, which I'm like okay if you want if you want something to get you in the mind frame of what the movie is that kind of that that, that kind of tells you what it is. It's like a kids movie, but a lot deeper than what we're used to with kids movies. I who's guess. Uh, who's who's distributing the Marcel the Shell movie? Uh, hey, uh, surpri- you'll be surprised to know A twenty four is distributing. Oh it. my Jesus Christ! I know, I know right? I uh, <laughs> I predict there's going to be a lot of discussion about it when it comes out because it's an A twenty four movie. So yeah, elevated. <laughs> elevated kids movie that's gonna be in the poster <laughs> has to be elevated if it's yeah. a 24 um I, I i hate to fill the final slot with another a24 movie but i'm gonna do it bodies mm. bodies bodies um mm-hmm. really cool i say cool because that's what the kids are saying uh yeah. really really cool murder mystery with a hot young cast uh, featuring Split. pete davidson <laughs> Uh, and Rachel Sanet, uh, Sanat, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, mm-hmm. She was in Shiva Baby. Um, mm-hmm. She's a she's a hot young star. Uh, okay, well, but what about the <laughs> the hottest person in the cast? Wait, who who's the hottest person? Uh, are you talking no, about no, keep... uh, Maria Bakalova? Nope, nope. No? Keep going. Uh, M. Amanda Steinberg? No, 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 no. Uh, Mihaila Harold? Nope. Nope, keep going. Chase Sue Wonders? No idea who that is. Keep going. Connor O'Malley? <laughs> no. Oh, Lee Pace. <laughs> Lee Pace? <laughs> Lee Pace. Oh my god, he looks so hot at the premiere too. He was so tall. You know you know what's funny? Like, I didn't clock that was Lee Pace until halfway through the movie. I go, That's Lee Pace, dude. That's I haven't Pace. seen what he looks like in the movie. I only saw his pictures at the premiere. You get- I heard he is funny in that movie. He is funny. With, with yeah. uh, old Pete. Yeah, um, everybody's good in the movie. I think it's really funny, um, and it's it's got it's 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 got some horror elements, but it's like more of a thriller. So maybe Sarah can see it. Um, mm. But yeah, I it might be the next big thing because it's day twenty four. It it was the one screening I went to where they all cheered when the A twenty four logo came on, which was super. That's weird. how you know. Um, yeah. But anyway, but yeah, check that out when it comes out. I'm sure it'll be. Everywhere in theaters sometime soon. Is there one more A24 film? Um, uh, they played X at uh, yep. South by. Yeah. Uh, which I saw. It's not going to, I'm not going to talk about it because I saw it outside the, the festival, Sarah. I yeah. mean, it doesn't count. I liked it a no, lot. No, it doesn't count. Uh, it it, it would have been in my top five of the festival if I saw it at the festival, but I saw it like a week later. So, mm. yeah. But A24, they know what they're doing. Uh, I, I, 
I'll tell this story because somebody told me this story, and I don't care if they know I'm telling it, you know, uh, behind their back. But apparently, A24 wanted to show X at the smaller screen at the festival. They had the opportunity to show it at the Paramount, which is like the biggest, you know, thousand seat theater. But A24 is like, no, we're going to do the theater next door, like the 200 seater. Because we want it to be more exclusive and whatever. So they played, they had four films at South by Southwest this year? I think so. I think it was four. Yeah. Okay, A24, we get it. (laughs) We get it. You're great. You're you're doing great indie work, I guess. But I don't know. And on that note, um, (laughs) do uh, do you think A24 would, would just make their own film festival? Do you think they have the power to do that? Has any other company done something like that? I'm trying to Where's th- the Criterion Film Festival? You know, you mean well the the uh, you know Turner Classic Movies has their own film festival. That's what I was thinking about, but like what if what if Criterion did one of their own? I think I think um, I think they could pull it off. I think they could. I think film festivals are very expensive and don't make much sense when you can just digitally. I mean like A24 specifically has digital screenings that they did for their Remember for their premieres and advanced screenings during COVID? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, literally yeah. could just do that and say, show up, here's your day pass, we're going to play whatever we want. Yeah, there you go. So, um, the A24 yeah. Fest, uh, it's, our, it's our idea, A24, don't do it or else we'll sue you because it's on a podcast. They already turned me down as a marketing uh, intern when I was a, was when oh, I was a youth, so... um. <laughs> Dead, dead to me. Gotta help. <laughs> On that note, Sarah, thank you. Um, but hey, look at you now. You're the editor in chief of film-cred.com. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Besides that, or or well, I don't know. You're also a consultant <laughs> on Talk Film Society. Uh, uh-huh. You also have a nice job. You have a fiance. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, what living else? Living the life. You're living the life. You're you're living in a yeah. nice place. Uh, yeah. You're, you're doing all right. You have a you have a cat. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap up the show. Sarah, yeah. thank you for coming on. It was fun talking to you. Um, I thank think, you. I think we covered it. I think this counts. If South by Southwest Press wants to ask, uh, ask us, hey, where's your coverage? We can send them this. They go, we did it. We, we, we saw the it. movies. We, we talked Leave about the movies. Leave us alone. Give yeah. us another pass for next year. Exactly. We'll see you next year, South by. <laughs> Shut up and, and, and take this. Take this podcast and shove it. Sarah Plugs, where can the people listening find you online? At Sarah Sorrentino. And then and then follow FilmCred, at FilmCred. And um, that's it. <laughs> Excellent. As for me, talkfilmsociety.com. Uh, as of this recording, uh, well, actually, I might release this uh, tomorrow on Thursday. So you have another day to vote for the Talk Film Society Awards, talkfilmsociety.com slash vote. Uh, if if uh, the voting's closed, then check out the winners on Twitter at TalkFilmSoc. Uh, they'll be posted this weekend uh, as I of voted. this recording. Uh, oh, you did? I have, to, uh, yeah. I, have to, I have to look at your ballot. I only voted for the films I've seen, and the only films I've seen is Dune and Green Knight. So it was just (laughs) Dune and Green Knight. Dune and Green Knight. Okay, that's fair. Dune Dune and Green Knight, straight ballot. That's fair. Um, And Mitchell's versus the Machines. That's it. That's the only movies I've seen from this year. Fair, fair. I'm I'm not going to say who's in the lead right now. I I, I have the numbers, but... uh, Better be Green Knight. (laughs) 
If it's Green Knight, then uh, thanks Sarah Sorrentino for that, if that wins Best Film. Um, all right, that's enough from us and me and this podcast. Now it's time for my closing catchphrase. Again, I'll say, Sarah, thank you for coming on. I'm glad we did this over Skype. Uh, I mean, we, mm. we, we we could have done this in person, but we were all, we were busy. We we saw each other enough over over the last yeah. week. Um, we 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 knocked it out on a Wednesday evening. Um, thank you. And now for the catchphrase. Here we go. Uh, oh God, what was it? I forgot the catchphrase. <laughs> It's been way That's too long. That's the catchphrase. Um, That's the catchphrase. I forgot the fat catchphrase. <laughs> oh, I know. I know what it is. Uh, see you at the movies. No, I never say that. All right, bye. That is the worst. I think I forgot the catchphrase is better.